Uh, yeah, we are now live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Big Footy Tiger Cast. Hope you're all doing well. We're back after another win. Wasn't feeling that way three-quarter time, though, or the first half of that matter, Grok. It was um, a tale of two halves, I think, is the best way to describe it, which I'm sure we'll crack on with and, and chat about shortly. But how are you, mate? Going well? Yeah, yeah, going well. Good to be back. Uh, I had some personal stuff to deal with the last few weeks, which is why I haven't been on. Uh, but everything's all sorted now. Just one final thing to do. And yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Game of momentum that was like, it was just which side capitalized on it more. It was, it was. Uh, I think you need to start a, uh, a food thread on Bigfooty and post your, your <laughs> creations up there as well after what we saw tonight. It looked very good. Yeah, no, I can't go wrong with some crispy skin salmon and some garlic mash. But no, I think I was known it on Bigfooty at one point for my burger posts. It's all I was posting about oh, for, yeah. <laughs> for a while. So, yeah. Good evening to everybody in chat. Hope everyone is, is doing well. Um, good question through from Jacko and Paul about Basha. I, I, I did see there was an update, but I didn't actually get time to, to read it. So... Jacko saying that the last Instagram post from Basher is that he's doing well. So hopefully that's all all the case, and he's uh, going to be back out there fishing or do whatever he wants to do shortly. Absolutely. All right. Um, before we get stuck into the game, I think we definitely have to touch on the fact that for the sixth consecutive year, that six years in a row, hundred thousand members, which is beyond belief. Um, I know. We had a little bit of luck in terms of being reasonably successful in some of those years as well. We're, you know, we're playing pretty good football, but to get a hundred thousand paid-up members, and we're not talking these, you know, bullshit pet memberships and side hustle memberships. These are legitimate seat memberships. It's the only way the figures get counted officially. They don't count anything else. To get a hundred thousand legit signed-up members for six years running is a massive, massive effort. So well done to everyone who has, um, you know, jumped on again and. There's definitely been some tough times as well in terms of COVID and people not working and, you know, interest rates go up. There's a whole heap of stuff that goes on in life that, you know, in normal circumstances, footy memberships would maybe be a little bit lower on the priority list. But, um, to, yeah, to still knock up 100K is a huge effort. Absolutely. It was looking shaky for a little bit there in the mid middle part of the year. But I think the last, I think the mini resurgence has really pushed this now that finals are back on the cards, people <laughs> signing up for yeah, the, the, the uh, finals are, tickets, the finals charge. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a huge... What's the cutoff? Is it start of July? Is that the cutoff? Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, that's, uh, that's very good. No, huge effort. So pat yourself on the back, everyone. Absolutely. Bloody amazing effort. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise we're not the biggest club. You know, some teams might pull a bigger number this year, maybe, but to do it six years in a row... Come speak to us yep. when you can uh, do that. Uh, a few comments, Ben. Thank you for those. That, if, if anyone does have a spare five minutes, 40 seconds, I did do a, a YouTube vlog of the game on the weekend with my family because the Richmond Hawthorne game in my household is a rivalry because my wife is Hawthorne. Now, the youngest son is technically Hawthorne as well. For this purpose of that day, he was wearing Hawthorne. But I can assure you that if I had his Noah Bolter Guernsey out and a Hawthorne Guernsey out, Nine and a half times out of ten, he's putting his now a bolt of Guernsey on. So there's plenty of times at the game while wearing his Hawthorne Guernsey, he was shouting, go Dusty or go Noel Bolter. He was clapping for our goals, which was quite funny. Um, nice. But so if you do have a spare five minute, 40 seconds, definitely check it out. It was good fun. And 
I got very lucky that I was actually filming the last couple of minutes. It's one of those things that it can end in ultra disappointment <laughs> if it goes wrong. But the fact we won, it, it caught some pretty cool emotions as well. So um, if you do, if you do see that, check it. I appreciate everyone who has and has liked it as well. Absolutely. The only the only criticism I have is we didn't get to see your partner's face after the siren. It was all focused on you with that great big smile on your face. Well, funnily enough, she was saying afterwards, she took it pretty well, first and foremost, but um, <laughs> she was saying that when Baker kicked that goal, she actually thought that they still had the one-point lead. She didn't actually realise until a few <laughs> seconds later that they weren't in the lead and it was us in the lead. Like, oh, Blonde. shit. Blonde man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to call it baby brain. So I was actually more concerned it might have induced labor. Uh, at you know, we've only got about yeah. six or seven Getting weeks close, to go, maybe yeah. less. Might have been, might have been, no, it's less. It's less, it's less yeah. than a month. Um, yeah, I was going to say it'd be closer to three and a half, four. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there's been plenty of times that females have been at the at the G, it's in maybe far on in pregnancy and maybe just uh broken some waters so. just dusty got dusty goal just waters break everywhere yeah yeah exactly so it's um no it was, it was a good uh, it was a good day out so I, I think it's fair to say that i would have taken the loss far worse than she would have i get a little bit shitty and uh, don't want to talk to people for a few hours after but um yeah he, yeah but the rest of short fell everyone the young fella is definitely i think is definitely a tigers supporter he's just wearing the hawks jumper for the sake of that game so um so the vlog is on the big it's on two places it's on the big footy tiger cast youtube page so if anyone's watching on youtube it's there and it's also on my separate content creating channel the pink panthers uh either either way is fine and any likes or subscriptions are hugely appreciated as well even just do both help help the algorithm whatever you want to do uh cb welcome mate Evening all, how are we? Going well, thanks yourself. Going well, yeah, mate. Good, lovely to see you, Grok. Apparently, apparently something happened last night um, where the Australians, apparently apparently we won something, not in the spirit of cricket, rain gods. Yeah. Oh, something, we, we, something caused Piss yeah, Morgan. Like, like, yeah. Piss, piss Morgan. <laughs> yeah, Piss Morgan. The lucky, luckiest Ashes retaining ever. Like Apparently England are the actual the greatest team to never win anything. Like, who would have thought? So, yeah, no. Nah. Oh, so, trust me, I'm going very, very well knowing that it pissed down rain for two days and we retain the ashes that way. And um, oh, I can't think of the name of the guys, the, the, the great cricketers. If you watch their day five, um, the day five analysis, the, the opening five minutes is just, it's a thing of beauty. Watch it if you get the chance. Great cricketers. It's amazing. It's karma for his tweet about the rain from 2013. Right. It's, hey, it's karma. Amazing. It's amazing the receipts that got posted, mate. Don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, see a few people. So EJ is still recovering from uh, shoulder Rico. So he's doing well, but he just wanted to have a, a night off because he I don't. Th he really wasn't meant to be on last week, but he did me a solid favour and, and helped out for a bit as well. Um, and Tiggs is... Flight and Tiggs is still going through. He's kind of starting, you know, the big recovery phase now that they've identified what's going on. Uh, so he'll be back soon. He just wants to focus on getting himself right first because he doesn't want to put in a, a half-ass effort. So he un he does understand understand that everyone's keen for him to come back on, and he appreciates love and support. But uh, naturally, he's got to put himself first. Which Michael, is stop covering for the man. You you and I know the real reason why he's not on. You know this. Okay, he's at the he's at the Peninsula Hot Springs. He hasn't <laughs> left there for a few weeks. He's got bathrobes and cheeses and. No, <laughs> mate, when Collingwood got up by a point, he jumped out of his chair so high, he banged his head again. 
Right, that's how hard he was going for the pies to get up. Got another oh, magpie seventy-one. Oh, magpie seventy-one. Hey, isn't his team going well? Maybe actually, you've put up a good point there. Maybe there's a, a Collingwood podcast that runs Monday nights as well, and he's actually yeah. double booked. Maybe yes. oh, that's a gun. Yeah, that's that's a good angle. <laughs> maybe he's doing the podcast with scoops. Wouldn't that? Be oh something? yeah, maybe. Yeah, my, he's making a bit of a comeback on various platform scoops. My goodness! Yeah, the only seen. way, the only way to dis- dispel these rumors, Tiggs, is come back onto the show, mate. That's the That's only it. way you can dispel these myths. <laughs> oh, welcome, GD. First, first time of following. Very good. Welcome to the live show. All right. Uh, before we get stuck into the game itself, I think it's important that we maybe talk about the the interesting predicament that is the AFL ladder at the moment. So. We're currently sitting in 10th on percentage, but tied on points with the Blues, who are 9th, and Geelong, who are 10th. Uh, and 5th, 6th, and 7th are only two points ahead of us. And it's worth noting that our percentage isn't that much different to 5th, 6th, and 7th either. It's worse than Carling- uh, it's worse than Carlton and Geelong's than it is to the ones above us. But this round in particular, um, again, is an eight-point round for a lot of teams. So we obviously play Melbourne, who are 4th. Co- Collingwood play Carlton. So you would like to think, for all intents and purposes, Collingwood should win that. Um, but I suppose there's the cliche, they've got to drop a game at some stage, but whatever. Uh, you got Bulldogs, who are fifth, versus GWS, who are seventh, which is another a good game for us. So someone's got to come to a halt there. Geelong, who are eighth, versus Frio, who are 15th. Now, you would say that Geelong are probably going to win that, but stranger things happens. Worth, I'll worth smash, noting. I'll smash it. Essendon 11th versus the Swans 12th. That could be a 50-50, depending on which Essendon turn up. Hawks 16th versus St Kilda 6th. Now, St Kilda being 6th, I think, is a little bit deceptive of their current form line. Um, And Hawthorne 16th is probably also a little bit deceptive of their form line. So I think that game's a little bit closer um, than what people think. And I actually give the Hawks a fair shot at winning that game. But... A few things go our way, and not not against the realm of possibility that we could quite conceivably be in the eight after this round. But we have to win our own game too. You you watch Hawthorne this week after being fifteen goals three against us. They'll be missing them from ten meters dead in front. They'll kick like six goals twenty this week. You watch; it'll be the total reversal, hundred percent of it'd, what happened. It'll be like West. It'll be like West Coast last week played solidly and then turned to shit against Colton. Like, correct. You just bookmark it. If, if if both sides play like they did this weekend, Hawks will smash the Saints or if Agreed. both sides play the way they did. And just to digress slightly, North were actually unlucky not to win that. I don't think that Rowan Marshall free kick should have been paid as a hold as though on a quick break. But anyway, that's a matter for a different a different the, day. But... The umpires missed one. What? Oh. Didn't, see that, didn't see that happy now, game. No, not at all. Not which we'll touch on very shortly. Oh, and that will get stuck into the to the Tigers game. Hey, there he is in the house. Um, so Richmond 14 12 96 defeated Hawthorne 15 5 95 by one point. Goal kickers Taranto three, including one of the worst kicked balls you'll ever see in the history of football that somehow went in. Dusty two, Baker two, Soldo, Rewalt, Miller, McIntosh, Hopper, Graham, and Bolton, all with one each. Um it was a weird one. I think when I was looking at the stats at three-quarter time, and I mentioned on the vlog that we weren't actually really that far, but there wasn't that much variation between the key stat lines. So for me, 
I felt like it came down to an accuracy game that they were converting a lot of their chances. Like you had Wingard kicking bullshit goals off the ground and uh, Lewis is a gun, gun player anyway, but he wasn't missing. And we just were having a bit of a nightmare. So while it felt like the margin should have been more, yeah, the key stat line suggested, Grok, that we were actually a lot closer than what it, the score suggested. Yeah, the, the main difference for the first three quarters was just efficiency with, with the ball around the ground. The Hawks were so much cleaner, hitting targets a lot better effectively. And and the speed the speed that they had on the outside of the game, obviously they, they smashed this on the outside for the first three quarters. We just couldn't catch them. Their run and carry and the switch game in particular from them to to open up the fat side was, was fantastic. And they that and through the corridor were where they really did the damage to us in the first three quarters. Lucky we managed to get some more speed in to the game after after we made the sub. Uh, obviously, Young and, and Maddie Coulthard coming on. But, yeah, it was just a game of momentum. Both teams had it for large periods of the game. Hawks managed to capitalise on it in the first three quarters, and luckily we, we managed it in the last quarter. Before I throw to UCB, Christian, I didn't hear what McCulter said, so if anyone happens to know, if, or if you know yourself, feel free to chuck it in and I'll pop it up on the screen. CB? Agree with everything Grok said. Um, <clears throat> absolutely bang on. Nothing, nothing from me. Grok nailed it nicely. A few people pointing out in chats that uh, Wingard had the game of his life, and that seems to be a common trend against us. And I think we spoke about it last week, didn't we, that there's certain players that happen to have the game of their season against us always, which is, yeah, yeah. extremely what annoying. 17-3 and three in the first half, and then, what, one possession for the rest of the game, I think, after that point. Really. Yeah. Yeah. One of the um one of the interesting stats I saw today when researching for the show was that the Hawks inside 50 efficiency was only about 38%. So even though they were very accurate with kicking, to me that suggests that I think the, the boys down back did a, a stellar job in actually defending and killing contests and repelling entries as opposed to letting them get a shot on goal of some description. Uh what do we Absolutely. make of our defenders game? Is Noah Bolter in all Australian discussions? Squad, yes, he should be absolutely. Like his his last ten weeks have been mind blowingly good. Like this is the bolter that we've wanted or known that we could have for the last two and a half years, and they've tried to tinker him, and it disrupted his development. Now that he's settled back playing his natural position, we're reaping the benefits. Yeah, I think I think you can put to bed the uh, bolter forward discussions. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think I don't think he'll make the the team, but he should definitely be in the squad. I mean, Jeez, the, he'd almost the, be stiff not to make the team, though, wouldn't yeah. he? I mean, because, I mean, like he's the number one ranked intercept mark in the league as of right now, just yeah. ahead of Charlie Ballard, and he's also damaging the other way. He had nearly six hundred meters gained on the weekend for a key defender. And it's insane numbers. I think for additional context, he hasn't been playing like this all year. He's only been playing like this for the last maybe six or seven weeks, I reckon. The first half of the year, he was probably within himself a little bit. Um, so, yeah, he, he's had a, a huge... And like, it was a great matchup. I mean, Mitch Lewis obviously got a couple of goals, but that's going to happen. He's a big forward. He's, you know, they're going to kick those goals. But, um, yeah, yeah I've I really enjoyed Bolter's last month or so of football. Yeah, I think I think I raised it last time I was on. Ever since Minnie's taken over, he seems freer to attack, and I think that suits his game more more than 
what it was under Dimmer where it was defend man first, then go for the ball. Whereas now it's like if I see the ball, I'm going for it. I'm going to mark it. I'm going to spoil it, get to the ball first and then worry about it, everything later. It's just that that's the the attitude that our defenders had when we were successful was kill, get the ball, like worry about back, back those around you to cover for you and play to your strengths. And I think he started to do that a lot more. And didn't didn't one of the players come out and say that? So Dimmer was more on the structure side of things, which was saying McQualter's freed them up a bit and just sort of yeah, more instinct, was a yeah. fair kind of situation where they can back themselves in, they go. Yeah. And I think I think they're the Hawks um, efficiency numbers are a little skewed as well because the third quarter they kicked five goals from six inside fifties, which would have been which would have bumped that that efficiency up anyway. So if you take that out, they probably only went at about uh, 20, what, 19, 20% efficiency inside four, which shows just how well we did under weight of numbers of inside 50s. So absolute credit to the to the defenders. Uh, now, looking at some other players' stats just quickly, uh, in terms of disposals, Presti led the way, 28 disposals, seven tackles, four clearances, 419 metres gained, because I know EJ loves that stat, the metres gained. Uh, Jack Ross, who I think I think universally Jack Ross has won over almost every Richmond supporter, if I'm being fair, because he, he had his knockers out there. And I think it was probably warranted at times with how he was playing in the position he was playing in. Uh, but I still maintain he shouldn't have been dropped the week before. Uh, I thought he was playing well. But again, 27 disposals, seven marks, four tackles, four clearances, 410 metres gained. Again, did his job. Taranto, 23 disposals, eight tackles, five marks, three goals. Uh, and Jack Graham was the other good one as well. I think from a midfield perspective, 21 disposals, eight tackles, five clearances, 419 metres gain, gained and three goal assists. While we probably got... I think we got smashed a little bit in the middle in the first half. Um, it was good to see we got our shit together and actually got back on top and got things our own way. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yep. Summed it up. I'm wrapped to see Rossi showing form. Like I think he's I think he's slipped into that Lambert role as that outside runner who runs both ways. And he, he's he's hitting the scoreboard too on occasion, which is massive for him. That was one of the biggest knock that knocks on his game from his detractors was that he wasn't damaging. Well, he's probably one of our cleanest ball users at the moment, especially in between the arcs. So yeah, he's, de- he's definitely best 22. You can't drop him now. Well, the, the one thing that's coming through with our wins with McWalter, which we, we, we weren't doing under Harwick, so it's not a knock on Damien, it's just what it is, is the mental resilience of the group. Um, we're starting to get that you've actually, we're, we're not giving up. It doesn't matter what the situation is of the game. We're not stopping, which is sort of some, some previous Richmond trademarks coming back. Um, not always attractive football to watch, but we are at least fighting it out to the final siren now, which is resulting in finally getting some um, close wins. Admittedly, you know, it was horrific to watch for three quarters, but, you know, that last quarter was um, was off the charts. That was that was so good. So, yeah. um, like that, um, Jack Graham um, had his, again, he's had his detractors the last couple of uh, weeks, it's fair to say, and it just validates, again, from the edit, we don't know what KPI. We don't know because people always crack shits and go, "Oh, why is yeah. K Mac in the team? Why is Jack Rossington? They're not getting the stats." Yeah, well, 
we don't know exactly what they're ticking off and what they're not ticking off as to why they get picked. That's the mm. point. So all of a sudden, you know, Graham, the guy who couldn't, you know, couldn't get a kick off a bloody mule, all of a sudden racks up 21, eight tackles, five clearances, three goal assists. And the, you've got to remember, these guys, K-Mac, um, Jack Ross, Liam Baker, um, Bolter, all these blokes that are getting games into them, they're learning how to win. So the old blokes of Cochin, Martin, Jack, all those blokes are teaching Grimes. They're teaching the young blokes how to win. And you just cannot quantify that, right, that mentality. So um, it's terrific for Tyler Young. You know, Coulthard comes in and sees what it's all about. Um, that's, that's what it's about. So Jack Ross is important because he's a winner and he knows how to win and close out games of footy, as does McIntosh, who doesn't panic in those situations, as we saw as well. And their last quarters was unreal. And I'll argue a case that Jack Rewatt was nearly our best player on the ground in the last quarter because he wound the clock back when you watched that last quarter again. He was off the charts. Yeah. Crazy good to do a Dwayneism. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think, like, people knocking McIntosh, that mark he took late in the game to put us within five points, that was – I don't think any other midfielder in our side could have taken that mark. He's the tallest midfielder we have. He's the best in the air. If that had been any other midfielder, I don't think we take that mark overhead like he did. I think that was, like, custom-made for him. He saw that ball and we had the height mismatch. It's someone like like Taranto or Hopper, I doubt, takes that mark. The only – the only other midfielder I would say that probably had a chance of taking that would have been Bolton because of his athleticism. He could have jumped. Mm. But McIntosh is so crucial for our structure out wide and going forward. He's that intercept player for us. How well weighted was that? For the record, how well weighted was that kick by Bolton? That was centimetre perfect yeah. to put it just over the defender's head where McIntosh could just pluck it. That, that was yeah. unreal, that bit of footy. Unreal. Yeah, I think I think K-Max getting a bit of rough treatment from the supporters, to be honest. I think with him, we take all the players are gonna have bad skill errors, and maybe sometimes his might happen in worse positions than others, but for the work he does defensively and sets the ground up for us. And um I think Kiwi Tiger mentioned it on Twitter today that there's often times where he'll be on a wing defending the fat side of the ground in a two-on-one situation, and he'll either win it or he'll halve it and give us half a chance to get over there and you know, create a stoppage. And, and not many players can do that. So they're the things that may not get him stats or may not look sexy, but it's bloody helpful. Well, it's one, one of his biggest things is people just look at the numbers and what he does with the ball. He's not picked for what he does with the ball. It's his work rate off the ball and setting up behind the play or setting up around stoppages is what that is what gets him picked. He's our best runner at the club over 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 a long period of time. So in, in games like his patrolling of the wing, providing that outlet kick from half back if we if we get trapped and bombing down the line, he competes. It's his off the work stuff that that he gets picked for. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other thing too, like in that last quarter, I mean, um, what was also clear and one of the reasons we got out of line was Hawthorne went ultra defensive. They tried to save the game for the whole last quarter. So they drop the spare back. McQualter says, bugger this, does the same move again. Boston goes forward, takes a spare. Hawthorne drop another back and they've got eight behind the pill, which means all of a sudden we get that ascendancy off the half back line, an extra number around the pill. 
and it was a weight weight of numbers. So we were always going to come at them as well. So yeah, I noticed that too. That we we logically had to have the numbers at the stoppage. So provided we didn't blast kick it, we we're probably going to be able to pick our way through it. Just yeah, from sheer weight of of more numbers around the and, footy, which was yeah. which was I, good. Yeah, I, th- I think the Hawks going that ultra defensive, let's save the game mentality really played into our hands because it forced us to go super attacking. We couldn't stuff around with it. It's like, just get it forward, and yeah. which is when we're at our best, just get it forward. And they couldn't, uh, no. was like they couldn't clear it out. <laughs> no. Yep. Here until they blast kicked it out, we were waiting for it and set it back up. So fantastic. What did you both make of Dan Rioli's game? I think a few people in here noted that he whilst being tagged for a lot of it, really worked his ass off for the duration and didn't, you know, didn't put his tail between his legs. He was, he was having a dip all day. Yeah, worked his way into the game. I don't think he had a had a great first half. He was pretty quiet, made a couple of poor decisions with the with the ball. But his his second half and his last quarter in particular, that's that that was that was what we've we've come to expect from Rioli over the past 18 months. And I think it sort of helped that we had more speed in the game as well. He didn't have to be that that lone runner of the ball. Um, out of the back line, obviously, Coulthard coming on and pushing up to the halfback flank um, was massive for Rioli as well. And, and that that gather at halfback, just that clean pickup and that dash right through the middle. Uh, yeah, his his last quarter was fantastic. He worked in, his way into the game when the when the Hawks mids started slowing and the game opened up. That's where he did the damage. And let's, kind of say, CB, for a young player like Banks to step up in a, a reasonable, you know, amount of form, uh, given that Rioli's getting tagged out to kind of keep trying to provide run, it was really good to see from him to to sort of try and fill that void for us a little bit. I tell you what, he's um he's a lovely kick of the ball, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he, he's hard he's at it too. Half half half, mate, I tell you what, um, he's getting better as each game goes on too. And I know we only just played Hawthorne, so fair enough. He'll get a fairly decent order this week against um, Hawthorne. But, Jesus, there's a lot to work with this kid and there's a lot to like about him, but he's, he's just his um, his disposal is exactly what we need coming off that half-back line. He's got, he's got a laser for a leg. Really, really like it. But we can talk about him, Michaels, or we can talk about the next one, who I know everyone's going to want to talk about, the debut of Coulthard. Oh. How'd you find that one? Yes. Not sure you'll find a better seven disposal game on a debut, to be honest. Like, I know it was mentioned a few times in the media, but if you know, out of your first seven kicks, you've gone the dusty two or three times, you've gone a jack once, you've gone a cotch at some stage. Like, so he set up a goal and he was just what I loved. I loved that the rest of the team were happy to keep feeding the ball back to him. So when Dusty and him were out in the wing and he gave it over to Dusty, he had a bit, little, little bit of a slip. I thought in my head Dusty was going to go himself and try and do what Dusty does and get it, be the man, get it inside 50 himself. But he acknowledged that Coulthard was still on the burst, wasn't afraid to give it back to the first game and let him do his thing, and he was hitting targets. So I think I think he had a very good debut. And I, th- I think that just shows the trust that the boys had in Maddie to make an impact. Like most other clubs, when they have young players... There's no way Dangerfield gives that ball off to a first gamer. There is absolutely no way. With Dusty, I think Dusty's starting to realise that he doesn't, with Bolton and everything in the side now, he doesn't have to do it all himself like he used, like he used to have to do in 2017, 2018. Now it's like, let's get others involved. 
now, like, can I impact better than what this player can? No. Well, I'm gonna gonna pass it off to that player who can do more with it than what I can, and that that I think that's really elevated Dusty's game this year compared to I think his last couple where he played. I think this year he's he's just playing a lot. He was never a selfish player unless it was around goal. But even through the midfield this year, he just seems to have an air of selflessness about him, bringing others into the game. And, yeah, I think that's just made him an even better teammate to be around. You can see he's starting to enjoy his footy again, which is the main thing. He's a very engaged footballer at the moment. But... Yeah, Does... I totally checked out. He's totally checked out. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you've just... I'm sorry to break the flow of the, the flow, but something did happen today, and I just want to put thoughts and prayers out there. Oh, um, Tommy. In the AFL, in the <laughs> yeah, AFL, I knew where you were going. Tommy Brown. I mean, all I had visions of with Tom Brown announcing what he's announcing, he's no longer part of the C7 media team, what have you. Remember seeing the wedding singer, and you got that guy, and he sees the wedding singer cracking up, and he's like, excellent. He goes behind the screen. <laughs> Sam McClure is currently somewhere going, He's breaking up. <laughs> He's going to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's, anyway, I was yeah. going to say, the only thing bad about Tom Morris going is he didn't take Sam Manua with him. Like yeah. It'd be so much better. Uh, the media landscape would be so much better without those two in it. Yeah. yeah so no beauty degrees out for Tommy. We, 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 almost need, we almost need a poll. Which which muckraker, which is it going to be? I'm saying odds on McClure or the return of Tom, uh, return of Morris. It's, it's one or the other, I reckon. Yeah. That'll be the big brouhaha. Or yeah. there could be a female journal they'll, they'll bring in there. Maybe Daisy steps up or maybe, I don't know, they'll work something out. Yeah. But just going back to Coulthard for a second, the one thing I absolutely loved was his barrel, his attempt at a barrel from the 50 that Dusty marked for the goal. Like, what first gamer is going to attempt that? They'd be shit scared to do that because they'd, they'd be scared they'd get caned by the coach for even attempting that. But you just see the the boys loved it. When Dusty marked it, you saw you, – um, I'm not sure if you saw everyone around them turned, looked at um, Maddie and started pissing themselves. It was one of the best things I've seen this year. It's uh, fortunes favour the brave. So he was prepared to try and bomb it along himself and Dusty got on the end of it. Will he get a full game this week? Okay, so you probably need to talk about Mansell then. How did did you guys see Mansell's game? Because that's the only spot that he's taken. Yeah, I, I I didn't notice him, but I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, and I'm, I actually feel like I actually feel like some we're being at the ground. I feel like I got him confused with Banks a couple of times. To be honest, I feel they sort of yeah. do similar things and look a little bit similar from that far back at the ground. But it's so hard because I, I wouldn't be against Coulthard staying a sub again. To be honest, just with the impact he's had uh, in a big game as well against Melbourne, it, it's going to be a totally different ball game. Um, I feel like I, I probably feel more comfortable with Mansell. Yeah, probably. Agree. I'd agree, yeah. And can I just say, wonderful result by Richmond to resurrect the uh, number made famous by Robin Nahas and put it on him as well. They had a little <laughs> yeah. string green cult flying down the wing. <laughs> uh, I was happy that he got number 26. That was good. That was very good, very good. Um, all right, we'll what, talk what about... Yep. What were you guys' thoughts on Soldo? I think he's had a terrific oh. 
two weeks. Like his work rate <laughs> has been exceptional. I, I thought he was lucky not to be knocked out from that tackle in the middle of the ground, first and foremost. So um, good to see there was a little bit of consistency there, I suppose. But yeah, he, he was good again. And I noticed that that game was the first time I thought I'd seen him really try and work over an opposition ruckman by running hard to different parts of the ground to take marks and get involved in link-up play to make him accountable. Usually it's the other way um, that he's chasing tails. So I, I thought that was a really good sign to see. Absolutely. He's he's looking fit is what he's looking, yeah. isn't he? He's looking, he's looking in, fresh. Yeah, really good, Nick. So, uh, again, and he's the right-sized guy to take on um, Gorn next week too. Because Gorn normally goes Absolutely. over the top of um, Nankervis. 100%. Yeah. So, I've... You go. Yeah, I've I've always been on on the uh, of the mindset that against Melbourne and against like West Coast, if Nick Nat plays, Soldo has to be the number one ruckman. Agree. Like they, they've just torn Nank to shreds every time they've played them. Um, the pleasing thing for me with with Soldo is his determination to push forward from a contest. That yeah. that was his biggest knock. Was he'd just follow the ball and let his ruckman sort of drift forward and, and be dangerous, but. The last two weeks, he's he's provided a real aerial threat up forward. He's been, you know, he's, he he's missed in the scoreboard on the weekend. Yeah, I think he he kicked he, two last week. Yeah, yeah, and he got one goal. He was kicked, one goal one. He should have had two this week. Yeah, he's, so was, he's, he's providing an, an aerial contest, which is nice to see. Was it was that a mark? Do you reckon that wasn't paid towards the end? Ended up leading up to the Baker goal. Or he's got hands on it. Yeah, I think yeah, that, that, that should have been reasonable. Yeah, time. yeah, he held that. That was a real 50-50 in, in my eyes. I was like, oh, I can see why he wouldn't, but I was thinking, shit, that was a – I thought it was, yeah. Anyway, who would have thought the umpires missed one in their forward lines about what those so before, they didn't do in the so last Before quarter. we get on to the, the Melbourne game, I think we do have to address that elephant in the room. Um, I don't want it to seem like people are bitching and moaning, but my goodness, some of the stuff that gets missed um, – the, the, the one that I laughed the hardest at was when Jake Rewalt took a mark on the 50 and Sicily crab-walked about five and a half metres across and then forward a little bit. And Jack's standing like, well, are you going to call 50? Like, what's happening? So the stand rule's obviously gone out the window at certain points in time, uh, not to mention Sicily dropped a mark. But the amount of times our players were scragged, held, pushed up, like just all kinds of shit CB was phenomenal. Um, yeah, wasn't it wasn't their best display, the men in blue, must be said. It was a hot. It was a hot five minutes where Jack gets physically ripped off the ball in front, and there's four umpires, four, and it's, it's a one on one. We have, we've got literally got Pagan's paddock happening. There's nothing around him, and he gets pulled off the ball. Then Sisley drops a mark in front of everyone, and then to top it off, um, he does that. Ma- hey, where was that fucking flog? Where was Kane Corns on that massive dive by Sisley? All of a sudden, you talk about the spirit of the game and that. That was a massive dive to get that free. So where was the media outrage on that? You're going to call one, you call them yeah. all, you cut your mouths. Exactly. And to and- your point here, Andrew, in chat, that I noticed that too, that in the last few minutes, our players were being called to play on almost instantaneously, like zero time to even get back on the mark, let alone even contemplate wasting time. Like, it, yeah, madness. Yeah, I mean... First minute of the game, Jack gets called for a push out on Sicily from a mark. Very first minute, gets the push, umpire calls it. Then Jack gets crucified and doesn't get paid 
the free kicks for Sicily pushing him out of contests yeah. or scragging him. That that one where he got slung by the shirt to the ground right at the, in front of the umpire. I mean, the umpire was 15 metres away watching and doesn't call it. You can't tell me that there's no agenda there when they can blatantly look at that and not call it. Correct. Correct, Matt. It's, um, to be fair, it wasn't even just our game. It was the entire round. There was a lot of just horrible decisions. I think they're going to have to have a look at this for umpire. So I, I don't know if it's worked as well as they had hoped it was going to work. Uh, like I said, league-wide. Yeah, that insufficient intent. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what the actual... like? Wait, so <sighs> in South Australia, it's um, last touch out of bounds in between yeah. the arcs. You've just got to get your heads around. It's effectively unofficially come in in the AFL yeah. now. Because we've had yeah. situations where, like you saw one, the ball got kicked towards a contest. Our guys actually just let it bounce in front of him and it's gone out, like literally a metre in front. And you get really hit him on the toe. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was Mansell. Mansell was yeah, there, and, bounced and really in front of Mansell. <laughs> yeah, he stopped because he thought it was going to bounce. So he was like, I'm, I'm not going to mark this, so I'll let it bounce and grab it on the thing. And it sort of bounced away from him. Yep. And they, they pinged it deliberate. Like, how can you do that when a player is right there? Correct, and so so I think I think subconsciously it's already happened in between the arcs. It hasn't been announced by the AFL, but I think that's what's pro, pro, for ninety percent of the decisions. That's primarily yeah. going on. Um, the other thing we need to talk about, if you want to talk about other things, just a quick yes or no, wild card round, the finals. <laughs> I, I might I might be the unpopular one. I'm saying yes, only because. Let's say we lost that game to Hawthorne. Our season was effectively done as it stands right now. So attendance drops. People kind of don't really give two shits anymore because you're out of the race, so on and so on. By having the wild card round, you're actually keeping more people invested for longer. And I understand that's more of a financial gain for the AFL than anything else. But as a supporter, if it means that there's still interest within your team for a bit longer, I'm okay with it. Um, but I can also understand why people don't want it. And I'm okay with that side too. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be annoyed if it came in. I'm in the no camp only for the simple fact that if it comes in, we're gonna have that fig jam flog danger asking for more money again because he's gonna to have to play one more game. <laughs> I'm a hard no, but not for those reasons, but that's very good reasons. Um I just think with the amount of gambling and money and all that stuff in the game and this is a very cynical, very, very, in my eyes, a very cynical thing for gambling agencies and TV rights to suck a bit more money out of the punters and things like that. And for that reason, hard no. It's yeah. an overwhelming it's a, no in yeah. the chat. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah it's, it'd be interesting. I mean, they're going to run their own race, I suppose, aren't they? I mean, yeah. ultimately, first and foremost, they've got, they've got to get the fixture right first, really, before they do anything else. I'll go this way. If you're going to do a wild card round, don't extend it out. You go, okay, top six and seven and eight, because very rare seven and eight are very competitive. Make seven and eight, seven and eight duke it out for the um for the for the privilege to play finals. But don't make it ten when you've got eighteen teams. Go the other way and go less fixed in the finals and go seven and eight, punch on. Go. I wouldn't yeah, it's that's not a bad scenario either. But yeah, we should see um, if it if it ever comes in. Yeah, I saw a comment in chat earlier. Uh, I think it was from, yeah, Connor. Taranto's reaction to the goal he kicked from 50. 
absolutely class. You could tell he was shocked by how sweet he hit that. <laughs> he just turned around like, what the hell was that? Even to Koch, he just looked so surprised. That was that was brilliant. No, he, I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it, he munged it. It was horrible. <laughs> it it almost like he hit the top of the ball and it went so flat. I think even Jack Ross was giving him a bit of shit as well on the ground yeah. about it too. It still went si- nearly 65 meters. I know. For, I, for I, a can't he, I can't believe yeah, he got think... the distance on it that he did. It was crazy. Yeah. I'll keep in mind too. Um, I'll tell you the other, the other, and it's very, very much self-interest here. Um, we have to try and make finals because the higher we finished, the less we've paid for Jacob Hopper. So if you happen to make finals, all of a sudden you've paid a pick in the teens for Jacob Hopper. That probably seems fair value, I would suggest. Yeah. We've got the Giants death riding us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Imagine right. imagine how dirty they would be if we knocked them out of the finals race. Like we win, oh, knock them out at the end and, and get give them like one pick less. What a double whammy that would be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to think, you still got to add in, um, I reckon there'll be priority picks this year. So I think a lot of picks will get pushed back a bit. This year there'll be a bit bit going on with the draft, so you know what could be what could be Costa initially pick sixteen or pick fourteen could drop back to about seventeen. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. Still hearing that we're trying to do a bit of work to get this Gold Coast pick as well, just quietly. So I think mm-hmm. there's a lot to play out in that space. Um, I know that. Well, I say yeah, okay. I think. We, I think we said Cumberland was one name that was thrown around and Ralph Smith was another, but that may not be of interest to Gold Coast, obviously. It all depends on what they want. But um, I think we're having a red-hot cracker trying to get this pick to... Uh, there, there has to be a player that we've got our eye on at that at that range to um, to be trying to, to go this hard after that pick. So, it's Dustin Martin. Be, Sam McCool picked it. Oh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's packed, packed his bags. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll get on to the Melbourne game. Do we still think, before we talk about ins and outs, do we still think at this moment Melbourne are gettable? I know we all thought it a few weeks ago. Has anyone's mind changed since then? Or do we still think this is our best chance of getting Melbourne? Yep. <sighs> Melbourne on paper, look, and mind you, Viney and those guys, they've got some blokes playing some seriously good footy. Petraka and Viney are playing pretty soon. Unreal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But <sighs> I just... That, I don't know what to think about Melbourne. On paper, they look like absolute Amazonians. You go, mate, this team should be just building the suitcases out of everyone. And yet, for whatever reason, week in, week out, they're putting in what I would consider for their talent in their list and the window they're in. Bog average. You reckon we're putting bog average performances in? By geez, I tell you what, if you want to compare the two teams, um, Melbourne are far more underperforming than what we are at this stage. Would that be a fair comment? Yeah, their, their performances for their talent level, subpar. It's unacceptable. If we had have been performing with the list that they have the way that they are, our fans would be absolutely feral at the coach. Like it's, yeah, like there's no way that they should even be at this point not firmly entrenched in the top three with that list. Nope. Despite the injuries, yeah, they missed Gorn for a couple of weeks. Yeah, Oliver's been gone for what, nearly three quarters of the season now. Does like, he come back this week? Odds on he comes back this game. Yeah, like, yeah, like you just know it, it's always get, 
I guarantee you they would have had it penciled in Richmond. Hundred percent. And is <laughs> Rich back? Because I I don't know what his injuries or what's happening with him, but I rate him highly as a forward. So if Rich is back, that'll be shit for us as well. Yeah. My concern with Melbourne is Lynch not being there for us. Their yes. backline is very very strong. Yeah, and, and that's so, the point. Yeah. Okay. So they've got two excellent intercept um, players being Lever and May. Does does McQuilter do something out of the box and actually apply a velocity or someone to one of them to stop the intercept from the get-go? I reckon, I reckon we go full Port Adelaide Alex Rance tag mode because we are that incompetent going forward at the moment at the best of times. It's, it's actually miraculous we win games, to be honest. Um, with Rewalt getting blanketed, that if we don't, Lever and May will have an absolute picnic out there if 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 we're forced to kick long. I would not be against trying to tag one of them out with someone like of Loston. Yeah. But then we I, lose. I agree with... Yeah. Yeah, you go, Grok. You go. I was going to say, I agree with what Josh Hunt just put in the thing. Go small and scrub it in. Kick it to grass. Don't just worm burners. Yeah. Just worm burners. So that way they can't intercept. Once I'm actually shocked we haven't legitimately done that. I'm shocked we haven't tried that yet. Like legitimately just <laughs> kicking the ball on the deck. Imagine what the newspapers would say if we don't kick in the air in inside forward 50, if we just <laughs> it dribble it along the ground. Like it, it'd work for us. Obviously, Melbourne, they're, they're a pr- relatively tall back line. So like, why not try something different? Yeah. It sounds silly, but even something as simple as not kicking drop punts inside 50. I know that kind of can hurt ourselves, but if we're thinking we're not going to mark it anyway, just kick absolute mongrels, torps, do whatever you can so it's not easy for them to take a clean grab. But um... Jack's Zoot, that very last comment, can you put that up for a second, please? Bring back Towner? I was thinking just today, (laughs) driving around going, the difference between this year and 2017 when we didn't have a key forward to support Jack is unfortunately reserves. We just don't have a towner to come in and kick those three or four goals or that Josh Caddy type. That's the one type of guy we are missing currently in that forward line to support Jack. And for whatever reason, whoever we seem to bring in to support him, they're getting hurt or injured. And I will say this, when Dan Curvis is fit, and we talk about the form of um, Soldo, does Ben Miller pay the price and you play Nankervis forward to support Jack and Miller goes out and Soldo rucks and you swap them that way? Is that a thought process, boys? I've been big on that, especially the last couple of years where Lynch has been injured for an extended period. Pat Park, Nank in the goal square. Worst case, he's going to bring it to ground. Like It shouldn't be all that hard. Park, Nank in the square, get the smalls around his feet and be like, either Nank marks it or he brings the ball to ground. You guys are going to be front and centre. Like, it shouldn't be too difficult. What about Cumberland, who's kicked six on the weekend and was actually, from all reports, working very, very hard, even defensively. Even EJ's called for Cumberland to come in, so he must have had a blind. He just texted me and said, anyone but Cumber, ignore my comments. Did he? Oh, did he? Did he? Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, surely, I mean, based on six goals, you'd be hard-pressed to not put him in and I think he has to be the partner for Rewalt at the moment. I think he makes the most sense at the moment, yeah. do we think? Yeah, but I think it's also one of those things where do you reward him off the back of one game given how he's been at AFL level? 
because he might come in AFL level and do absolutely nothing. He might even do that in VFL level. So I, I, with with Cumbo and his attitude and work rate issues that he's had, I wouldn't trust it off the back of one game. It's hard though because personally. we're almost we're almost punishing ourselves by not putting someone down there to help. Like, are we leaving ourselves slightly exposed? If there was any other team but Melbourne, Bow is he right to come back though? Bow Bow is a test for this week. Okay, and so is and so is Jaden Short. Yeah. So do we think? Yeah. Do we think? I mean, I would say if Jaden Short passes medical, he's probably going to play. Um, if that's the case, who does he come in for? I would. It's logic suggests Banks, but I don't like that because I think Banks has been doing quite well. But that may be what has to happen. Well, it depends. It depends. It could could you swing Vlaston forward, bring Short in to cover that role, and then a guy like Mansell pays the price. Well, thing is, Rioli rolled his ankle and was very sore after the game. I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a week off. That means Baker goes back. Baker will probably... Well, actually, if Rioli's out, short straight in yeah. for him. Um, so that's there. And, for, yeah, I'll probably bring Miller out um, for, for probably Bauer, I reckon. Like, as good as a game Miller had... I think I, I think just, you need Miller in. You need that second big guy to take May on. You need you need to challenge. Jack can't do it on his own. You need a big bloke to challenge yeah. one of those two defenders. Yeah. Bauer yeah. is one ninety three though, so he's a he's, he's very a slight he's though. Isn't he? like, yeah, you get monstered against May. Yeah, his frame yeah. is the is the problem. I think I think Jack takes May. Lever will take if Bauer comes in. I reckon Bauer Lever. Lever. I reckon Lever will take um, Jack. Because he's a bit more mobile, and I reckon I'll just leave Mater wreak havoc. Right, no, I reckon that. as well. Because yeah. I, I just, I, I think with Cumberland, Lever's Lever will absolutely towel him up. I, I, I can't, so. I can't trust Cumberland at at this point at AFL the, level. It's it's so hard. I get what you mean, but he can also be damaging. Like if he gets off the leash a little bit. It could cause a, a bit of chaos, but I actually didn't mind your initial suggestion, CB, with Boston going down back, um, uh, going down forward. Sorry, to cause cause a bit of chaos. And Nick, that's a good call too. That's, Mansell, yeah. Mansell could go to good leave call. and be an absolute serial pest, and he has that in him too. He absolutely has that in him to play that Towner role, uh, if we want to call it that, and um, just, just drive him up the wall. Just- just imagine what will go through Lever's head if he hears footsteps behind him at the MCG oh, playing no. Richmond. Like he'd have like PTSD from from the grand final when he got absolutely just, smashed by Tanner. Can we bring Tanner on just as a, as a, as a just a one game line? Simon <laughs> is a yeah one one Tanner, day contract. Get a petition going. Bring yeah. back Tanner for one game. Make it this one. So in terms Homecoming of hero, and then just chucks a Guernsey <laughs> on and out he goes. Roll him out. <laughs> Um, in terms of who, what it, what our defenders will do, obviously they've got Van Ruyen up forward or Ruin, however you say it, who's got a bit of size about him and probably given that their second biggest forward is Jake Melksham. When I say biggest, I mean in, in height, given that Brady Grundy's not playing alongside Max Gorn. Ben Brown. Oh, Ben Brown. Yeah, but he's playing shit. I wouldn't waste it. I reckon yeah. Brody could take Ben Brown. Easy. Do we go, do we go uh, Bolter on Van Ruyen? Yeah, and do we think Grundy will come back in? Could could Broad could Broad take 
Van Royen and just teach him a lesson and run him. And and then um, Bolter takes floppy. Yeah, I don't mind that suggestion. Get stuck, get stuck into JVR. WA defenders are better than WA forwards. Just give him a whole heap of shit. He's as hard as a cat's head, mate. He'll give him <laughs> yeah. absolute hiding. Give him a bake. Yeah. And you got, you got, keep in mind, you got Grimesy too. Grimesy can also. Yeah. Grimes will take Brown. I, yeah, I know we said it's done well than Brown. Oh, D's have already said Grundy won't play this week, really. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's it's that's, came come out that Porter interested in Grundy. That's uh that's one of those where there's smoke, there's fire, I reckon. I mean the the guy can play. I, personally, I would be more scared of coming up against Gorn and Grundy than Gorn by himself. But I'll take that every day of the week. So something's not right there. Something's no, not. no, something there's been a bit of a fallout at some stage, I reckon, if he's not yeah. back playing. Because this week we've got one main ruckman. That's their perfect chance to exploit it. Yeah. And like it to be honest though, at the start this time last year when it was clear that Grundy was going or was thinking about going, blind Freddie could see the one team that he should not be going to would have been Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> like like Stevie Wonder. Yeah, Stevie Wonder was screaming, don't go to the D's. <laughs> like it's just yeah. Big bro. Weird. Yeah. Okay, so we're, how how do you think we're gonna go in this midfield battle? So I think we've established that I, I reckon that our defenders can handle their forwards in isolation. But if their midfield get on top of ours and get a lot of easy ball in there, that's what the cause for concern is, I think. Uh, mm. Viney, Brayshaw, Petraka, um, Langdon's got some good speed out wide. How do we go about curtailing Viney and Petraka in particular? Because they're both, especially Petraka, are very good at getting forward and hitting the scoreboard too. Like we but don't want to have another quite two and a half, three quarters against a team like we did against Hawthorne. But but without the one thing without Bluey, they're not as quick as what they normally are. So Petraka's an absolute elite bull. He's, he's fantastic. He's not quick. He's yeah, by midfield, he's not that quick. Viney isn't that quick. They're just good, hard extractors. So the one thing where a midfield with pace can get us a little bit, I'll say this, with Hopper and Taranto in there, and then you talk about the flip side, we can chuck Bolton in there to speed us, our side up as well. Um, and keep in mind, you know, actually, what were Dusty's, what was Dusty's midfield makeup last week? Did he play more mid last week? He played more forward from what I saw, yeah. Yeah, it sort I of depends on the, the situation. I, th- I think he spent more time forward yeah. for the first portion, and then when we started getting on top or we needed to start winning the ball, he went in and spent a fair chunk in there. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I can see us winning the midfield. I can see them. Okay, I can just see both I mean, midfields getting on top of each other various stages. And keep in mind, um, yeah, Dion Presti is pretty handy at times too. Yeah. I mean, we, we beat them in the mid we beat them in the midfield last time. And Zakiv, we won that the contested possession and clearance count against them, which was a shock to everyone because we usually get smashed in that regard against them. But as as you said, CB, they're not a very particularly quick midfield. Like Viney and Petraka, they're they're explosive over the first four or five steps, but they're not quick in a straight line. And I think that's where. Hawthorne got us. They're, Hawthorne have very quick outside runners. The D's don't. Outside of Langdon. The, Langdon the D's is half the back main line. one. 
with Salem yep. and those guys. That's their that's their run and go. They've got some absolute it's whippets there. Very much, very much like us. It's our outside runners and halfbacks that that we prefer to get the ball out to to use pace. But their actual midfield isn't all that quick. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do win that contest because it'll be just to back our boys in against them like we did last time and we won that anyway. Yeah. The, the main uh, thing is we just we just need to make sure that we're structuring up the square defensively. We can't let them do what the Hawks did, getting out way too quickly through the front of the contest. Uh, Sarge, it sounds like that Oliver won't be back until round 21 is when they've penciled him in, so the week after, which is good. Uh, Nick just Luke, said that... Didn't realise Luke Mean was moonlighting at, more, uh, at uh, <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> uh, Nick just said oh, that we're setting ourselves... Doing? for a four-game block starting this week. I think, realistically, if it, we have to win one of the games against Melbourne, Port, St Kilda, Bulldogs. So we've got to win at least two of them. And yeah. if we can kick off by winning, happening to win this one, and we might find ourselves potentially in the eight, that sets us up massively for a run home to try and stay in finals. And, you know, who knows what happens from there. For all those comments about where's Stacky, he's back in WA. He's got uh, clearance from the Perth Football Club to pay, play for a local suburban club. So he's not even he's playing. Flying. He's flying. He's flying. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get a tip, including margin for this one. Feel free to send him through in the chat as well. We'll pop a few up on the screen. Uh, Grog, I'll start with you. Who's winning and by how much? Uh, Battle of the midfields will decide it for me. Um the only thing I don't want to see is, like we have seen against every time we play Melbourne, see Max Gorn down the line, don't bloody kick oh, there. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Like, don't do it. It's the one thing that we've done for eight years now and it's still come back to, to haunt us. Um, if we can do that and, and switch out the other side, I can all win by two goals. I like it. You're right, you're right though. We, we literally kick it to him every single time. It, it's scary. Uh, CB, who's winning and by how much? Look, I reckon the only... I'll, I'll say the only change we'll have this week is short in. I don't know who goes out. And I reckon Cool Charles if he gets a test, yeah. Up, yeah. Um, oh, look, I mean, Melbourne have to go in favourites in this one. I'll say Tigers by one point. Oh, back to back one point is my goodness. <laughs> yeah, just really. Where shall we go with that? Jesus. Um... It's definitely our best chance to get them. So I'll, yeah, we need to win. It's going to be tough. These are, despite some of their deficiencies up forward currently, they're still a good outfit. But uh, I'll say the Tigers by 14. But uh, any four points will do. Any four points will do. There's I'm a few people saying Richmond by a point. <laughs> I'm, I'm not endorsing gambling here. It's record. I'm very, but all I'm saying is currently right now, the odds are Richmond at 262, Melbourne 150. Okay. So, right. so the D's are massive favourites. Yeah. But, you know, this could really kickstart the, the rest of our year and hopefully propel us into a finals campaign that maybe looked off the cards not that long ago. So, um, you know, McQualter is obviously getting the message through to players. He's prepared to make moves on the field with the Magnets, uh, which is something we probably haven't seen too much of from Dimmer in recent times. And it seems to be, you know, responding well, which is really, really good. Um, and yes, Nick, so next week we've got Scotty Turner on on Monday night on the 31st, I think it is, of July. So make sure you hang around and tune in for Scotty Turner next Monday, which will be awesome. Um, 
And yeah, hopefully we're back on Monday with a another W under our belt. So huge game this week. Make sure we get out there to see the Tigers take on the Ds. Uh, and again, if you've got a spare five minutes, 40 seconds, check out the, the blog on the YouTube channel. Give it a like and a subscribe. We're, we're trying to track towards a thousand subscribers. That's our aim for the end of the year. Um, but yeah, other than that, Grok, good to have you back, mate. Welcome back onto the show. Hope you had a, had a good one. Loved your input as always. Loved your dinner, more importantly. Make sure you post that somewhere, folks. You've got, you've got to get around his uh, salmon and mashed potato. Uh, and CB, thank you for jumping on, mate. Much appreciated. Thank you, folks. Apologies I was late again. But uh, yeah, had... Johnny Skurlock, I had committee things to do. So, yeah. Tigers are flying. Oh, More than one type of tiger is flying this season. So, yeah. Very good. Um, was there anything else? Did you have to mention something about this, CB? Jumper? Is that you? Oh, yeah. No. It's an opposition jumper. We've got uh, for auction at the moment, raising funds from Nick, who's been kindly donated to assist the club. And, uh, yes, we're getting a couple of bids. So, thank you very much, Nick. It was an opposition jumper, but you should see the Richmond memorabilia piece that I'll have for auction coming up soon, which I'll make available to the Big Footy Tiger fans as well. And I think it will go large. That's all I'll say. When do you need me to sign it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Does the name Matthew Richardson and from his personal stash mean anything? I don't know. Oh, that, that mean anything for anyone? I don't know. Yeah. Hot property. Yeah, it Hot means property. cha-ching. <laughs> Make sure we tune in for that one. My goodness. All right, ladies, thank you so much for the night. Thank you so much, Devin, for tuning in. Much appreciated. All the love and support. And you're, you're we like, will... You're like this CV. A friend of mine just messaged me. He's in Manchester at the moment. Bright blue skies. Bright blue skies. <laughs> not, a, not, a, not a cloud in sight. Can, can I just, uh, just back on to cricket? Pierce Morgan was so upset. He was even bringing him up sports bets ads, taking the piss out of him. You piss out of him, yeah. And saying, bringing the covers on the tissues for tears. Yeah. Bringing the covers on for the pitch and saying a tissue for Pierce Morgan. (laughs) He's salty. Yeah. Eat a a dick, Pierce. Eat a dick. I tell you what, the the, the final test will be an absolute crack because I tell you now, England don't want to go down 3 1 in this series. Uh, They want to go 2 all. Two old with a draw to say Baz Ball was blah blah blah. If the Aussies can smoke him, my goodness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if we three won them, they'll have yeah. no more excuses. They desperately need to win this one, <laughs> otherwise it's all it was all just hot air. Hot air. You would have thought they got the world's best keeper in folks, and they choose. It's like having the world. It's like having the best fullback in the league and choosing not to play him. So what do they do? They have got the world's best keeper in folks, a gun, superstar. They don't play him. They play Augustus Gloop, who has dropped. He's been a diff- he's the reason they lost the first two uh, tests. All the catches yep. he dropped. Dickheads. And they won't concede a thing. So anyway, they deserve it. Very good. All right, with that, have a great night, everybody. And we will see you next Monday night. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Get amongst it.